0: you came to praise him if you came to make it all about Jesus why don't you make it all about him for just a few moments come on do you love him is he a friend that sticks closer than a brother come on high-five somebody and tell him I came to praise him today come on look at somebody else and tell him I came to magnify Jesus I came to make it about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords come on redeemed of the Lord in this place say so let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand to execute come on that's what you're doing today You haven't seen the best yet. The best is yet to come. You haven't heard the greatest preaching yet. The greatest preaching is... I got a lot of text messages and phone calls this morning of people that said they were praying for me, but I only got one prophecy this morning. I got a text message from a lady in our church, Sister Christy. She said she woke up her baby this morning. Let me read the text for you. She said, I was waking Isabella up this morning and she said, Mom, can I have one more minute to sleep? And mama said, of course, baby. And so she went back to sleep and she was in the middle of a dream. And she woke up and she said, mama, brother Stephen was preaching and the Holy Ghost fell and the devil was hot mad. Now preachers, I appreciate all the prayers that you've been praying for me to preach this morning, but I got a word from God from a little baby who's filled with the Holy Ghost that gave me a prophecy that when I started preaching, the Holy Ghost would move and the devil would be hot mad. I came to preach today until the devil gets hot mad. Baby, that was a prophecy and God's going to do it. Are gonna prophesy. Your young men are gonna see visions, and your old men are gonna dream dreams. Let that prophecy out. Let that tongue out. Let that word out. It's nigh you, even in your mouth. Somebody open up your mouth and prophesy. Make the devil hot mad. Somebody make. The Introduction, you just got one. I know there's protocol, I know there's form. (laughs) Well, I come from a place where we're long on substance and short on form. (laughs) Praise God. I appreciate the invitation from whoever thought this was a good idea. (laughs) Brother Wells, I'm so excited about what you're doing and the position that God's put you in. You know what I was thinking this morning when I was praying? I was thinking that the WPF needs somebody that wears camouflage Crocs with dress pants. (laughs) Praise God. That's what the WPF needs. And you say, well, I think he's a little rough around the edges. Maybe he's a little gruff. Maybe that's uncouth for you. But let me tell you something, baby. When the wolf comes knocking at the door, you know who I want standing behind me? I want the guy with the Ferragamo dress shoes. I want the guy with the camouflage croc standing behind me. When the cute as you want to get you can get your custom shoes and your ferragamo belt buckle but at some point you gotta make up your mind when it comes to the things of god i'm gonna be the guy with the bowie knife and the camouflage shoes i'm coming i'm telling you i didn't come today to play i didn't come to play games today i came to have a moving of the spirit of god i came to prophesy to a generation that god's best work is not in the past but it's right now it's right now praise god so i appreciate the invitation we need some men leading our young people who would like to wear huck shirts for the cornelius who know how to fish and hunt it's never been more important to have people like that in your life leading you. Brother Wells, I've watched how you went through the deal with your mom and your daddy. I watched how you carried the weight of it from a distance. That I'm just telling you, we need men in this generation that have the bark on them. Cause when the wind of adversity and difficulty comes, you need somebody in your life that's got a hard exterior that said, I've been through some things, but I didn't curse God. I did, but I stood strong. We need men with roots and I thank God. Let me tell you something today. I thank God for our founding members. I thank, I thank God today for the Executive Council and the Honorary Executive Council and all of the men that helped to lead this charge for the WPF. But let me tell you something. There is a generation that is rescinding beneath the waters of prophecy. They have done their work. They have already lifted the load. And it is time for another generation to rise up and do the work of ministry in this day. God, this is not a statue. This is a movement from Tulsa to Houston and beyond. God, take us where you want us to go. You do the work, God. It's not going to stop here because of the increase of his government and peace. There's going to be no end praise god praise god so i give honor to those executive council members and the and the general council and the youth development committee and to all of you i give honor to my bishop who's probably somewhere either teaching a bible study or doing something relative to the kingdom of god i honor and salute him and grammy my wife my family i'm a blessed man listen i know where i come from today I know where I should be. I know where I could be. I know there's a bar stool in South Louisiana with my name on it. I was Christian Roman Catholic. I shouldn't be standing in front of you today. But what I'm about to preach to you for the next few moments, if you will grab a hold of it, and you will seize it with everything in your power, God's going to do some things in your life. I'm talking to a young man here today. You say, well, I can't see myself sitting on that platform, and I can't see myself doing anything great for God. I'm here to tell you that there's a man standing in this pulpit that was Christian Roman Catholic that shouldn't be in the house of God today but God shall so fit to save my family and God gave me an opportunity to get up to something bigger than me and I'm just here to tell you what God's done in these men and what God's done in my life God is able to do that in your life but exceedingly and abundantly above everything that you can ask or think according to the power that is already working on the inside Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 5. That is my introduction. Jeremiah chapter 5. Praise God. Verse 1. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now. And know and seek in the broad places thereof. If you can find a man, if there be any that executes judgment, that seeks truth... And I will pardon it. And though they say the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Therefore I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish. they know not the way of the Lord nor the judgment of their God I will get me everybody say that I will get me unto the great men and speak unto them for they have known the way of the Lord these men have heard the law of God they have heard it taught since their childhood and this prophet is going to men that he perceives to be great men he said, they knew the way of the Lord and the judgment of their God. But these have all together broken the yoke and burst the bonds. I want to preach for just a few moments with the help of the Holy Ghost on this subject. I will get me unto the great men. Put your Bible down and let's lift up a, a hand clap of praise to heaven and magnify Jesus one more time. God, we love you today. We thank you for your word that is forever settled in the heavens. I pray the anointing of God on every youth group, every individual life, every young man and every young woman, God. I pray that you would minister and heal and strengthen in this place. Praise God. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord today. I feel an upthrust of prophetic movement and activity that is happening in the world since COVID. There has been a pathological situation that has gripped the apostolic community and the world. And while we were in it, we didn't know what the origin of it was. We could not orient ourselves to what was happening. We were trying to wrap our minds around it, figure it out. And all across the world, leaders from every ilk were trying to figure out what to do and how to respond and how we should position ourselves to move forward in the world. But post-COVID, since, and we have a conference every year called Power to Become. By the way, the book is called Power to Become. The essentials of youth leadership and, and, and leadership principles and all of that. We've created a conference to focus on those principles and those ideals. But since Power to Become, as I have listened to preaching all across the movement and 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 Great conferences that you have attended. I have I have felt It's it's like God is Calling his people up to a place that we've never been before I, I I can see it's like a pyramid and at the very top There is an opening and God has been pulling his church Up to a level and a dimension that we've never experienced before we couldn't wrap our mind around it while we were in it but something in that pandemic has has shaken the church out of its sleep and shaken the world. And and I'm just going to tell you that while the church was navigating those uncertain times, don't forget that we, we do still see through a glass Darkly and we all want to see him face to face and, and there are moments when we are studying and when we're praying, the Shekinah of God comes in and God gives us great revelation and we, we are able to penetrate through a portal in the spirit world to see what God is doing. There are some times when God will not turn on the lights. Don't forget, prophet, that you do not see, you do not have omniscience the way that God does. We have episodic clarity. But there are moments where God will keep the lights off Because he's doing something in the darkness I sensed that that was happening during the pandemic There were great men of God And there are men, men of God that, that, I, that, that I, I venerate on this platform And in this movement But there were great men of God That were trying to wrap their mind around what to do And I want to stop for just a moment And tell this movement something Be careful Young person, be careful how you get on social media and judge what is happening in the world around you before you have clarity about what you should do when you're in a position of leadership. As we walk through those circumstances, people were navigating the dynamics there in in a way that they were trying to wrap their mind around it, but God was taking the church somewhere, God was moving us toward a destination I'm telling you that if you have just a little bit of spiritual sense today, I don't care what your eschatology is or how you view last day events, I'm not here to argue pre-trib and mid-trib and post-tribulation rapture with you today but I'll just say this, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you can sense in your spirit right now that God is about to wrap this thing up. If you have the holy, you can feel that God is shaking the world right now. I'm just telling you the return of Christ is imminent in the world. I can feel it in my spirit. And we've got to get to the point where we're past arguing about the doctrine of eschatology and get in the spirit and say, God, whatever you're doing in the world, you do it. Do it in me. Do it in my life. Do it in my church. Do it in my ministry. God is calling his people up to the top of that funnel. God is pulling us up to a dimension in him in revelation that we've never been before. Now you do not get to choose where you were born. You don't get to choose who your mama and daddy are. You don't get to choose the color of your skin. You don't get to choose your ethnicity or any of those dynamics about your life. Those things are preordained by God. You don't even get to choose your gender. It's not a choice. You've got to get oriented. The first thing you have to do to know yourself is you have to have a vision of God. You've got to have an encounter with God that tells you who you are. I don't determine who I am by how I feel about myself. I don't determine who I am by how I want other people to perceive me. But I have to first get a vision of God and a vision of His holiness and His righteousness to even understand who I am. Because in our finite perspective, we will argue with God. We will, we will contend with God. When God comes to Jeremiah, God tells Jeremiah, he has an encounter with God, he has an encounter with the pristine, with this, with this universal panoramic perspective of what God wants to do in his life and ministry. And he begins to tell God, but God, I am a child. He's arguing with God. God knows. God has, a, God has a universal perspective. But I'm telling you, sometimes we can get sucked into our life to the degree that we are moving these tiny pieces around, these microscopic details. And we need God to lift us up above those microscopic details to see the panoramic perspective of what God is trying to do in the earth. And that will orient us in our individual life about what God wants to do in my... Young person, that's why you need a pastor in your life. Young person, that's why you need a youth pastor in your life. Young person, that's why you need a Bible study teacher in your life. And yes, young person, that's why you need to go to Wilson University. That's why you... Jeremiah was looking for great men He was looking at Israel's leadership He said I went up to look for great men and I couldn't find them because they were not judging with equity They were not doing things the way that God had ordained them to be Which see what Jeremiah did not understand? He didn't understand in that moment. I don't believe that God anoints a man that God anoints a young person to do the work of ministry in that generation. And so Jeremiah's life was going to be defined by the exile. It was going to be defined by 70 years of Babylonian captivity. He was going to be sucked in to a cultural pathology. The culture was broken, the nation was broken, its leadership was broken. And if Jeremiah was just depending on the culture and he w- if he was just depending on what he saw around him, he was would have never prophesied the way that he did but it was imperative for Jeremiah to have a vision that came to him from God that said Jeremiah what I want to do in your life is bigger than what is broken in your world what I want to do in your life is bigger than the problem that you see all around you what I want to do in your life is bigger than the culture that you came out you may say well I was raised in a trailer park and nobody did anything like that in my world Uh, let me come to encourage somebody here today Uh, your God is bigger than your trailer park Uh, your plan is bigger than your project It's bigger than your family of origin. It's bigger than your family dysfunction. What God wants to do in your life is exceedingly, abundantly above everything that you can ask or think. But at some point in your life, you've gotta make up your mind. I'm getting up above the pathology. I'm getting up above the problem. I'm getting up above the dysfunction. I'm gonna get me up unto the great men who see a vision of God. That's bigger than I am who see a vision of the universe that's bigger than I am who see a vision of the plan of God that is exceeding abundantly above 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 come on somebody praise him somebody magnify Jesus media members is it okay if I preach down here. Praise God, I don't want to mess anybody up. Jeremiah was going to have two visions in Jeremiah chapter 1. He was going to have a vision of an almond tree. He was going to have a vision of a planting of God. And that almond tree was going to provide a backdrop for everything else that was happening in Jeremiah's life. He said, "What do you see?" He said, "I see an almond tree." And God said, "Yeah, you saw correctly. That almond tree is going to be the driving vision for your life. It's going to be the thing that get get Isaiah 53 on the screen for me if you can. It's going to be the driving thing in your life. It will provide the backdrop And I'm just here to tell you, if you don't have an almond tree experience in your life, if you don't have something that will provide the backdrop for everything else you're going going through, at some point you're going to stumble. Because the next vision that God gives him is a vision of a seething pot. That seething pot represented the judgment of God. That seething pot represented things that would happen in his life that would be less than ideal. It would represent the judgment of God on Israel. And Jeremiah, I'm just here to tell you. Jeremiah didn't know when God called him. That he was going to have rotten fruit thrown at him. Jeremiah didn't know when God called him. That they were going to bury him up to his armpits. In mud and feces. He didn't know that he was going to feel dejected. And broken. And that he was going to feel all by himself at times. But Jeremiah the first vision you have to get from God is a vision of an almond tree because before this is over it's not going to be about judgment at all but it's going to be about promise it's going to be about the Messiah there's somebody coming that is the planting of the Lord he's going to be wounded for our transgressions he's going to be bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace is going to be upon him and with his stripes or by his stripes we're going to be healed Jeremiah while you're going through your chaos while you're going through your loneliness while you're going through the judgment of God do not forget something's coming that's bigger than this I'm here to tell a young person who's going through depression it's okay baby hold up the almond tree of God because before it's over you're going to get the last laugh come on somebody praise him somebody magnified Jesus he didn't know he didn't know the other prophets now you, we could speculate about it but none of us have full clarity about what God is doing in the earth but let me just tell you what I sense in the spirit I sense in the spirit that we all have moments like Elijah, where fire is falling down on Sunday night, and we see we 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 receive with ecstasy the power and the majesty of God. We see the justice and the judgment of God, and then in the next season of our life, we're running and hiding in a cave, and we begin to say, now this is the prophet of God, and I'm not diminishing his office, but there's a point in his life where he looks around him, and he says, oh God... I don't even know why I'm alive I don't even know why you called me God I don't even know why I feel this way I even I alone Amber am left a prophet for God Wrong Is he a false prophet? This is a moment in his life Where he's trying to find orientation This is the man of God. This is the preacher during COVID. Do we have church? Don't we have church? Do we congregate or don't we? We have to obey the laws of the land, but we have to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, even more so as we see the day approaching. We know the day's here, God. Do we have it or don't we? And then the preacher standing behind the pulpit all by himself. And he gets up to preach and he's smiling. Bless God, it's going to be a good day. Israel's in the land, God is good. And the whole time he's thinking, oh my God, is anybody even watching? Or am I just a crazy man preaching to myself? The prophet of God, the man of God. And God says, hey Bob, during this season of your life, I'm not giving you clarity. I'm not giving you clarity. You think you're all alone. You think you're all by yourself. You think all hell's breaking loose and you're about to die. I'm not finished with you, boy. Get up. Stand up. By the way, you're not the only one. There are 7,000 more who have not bowed a knee to Baal and who have not kissed his image. How's that for some insight? But hear me. What God is doing in the earth is not a WPF thing. Well, bless God! Doesn't God know that we have assembled and created this great organization to preserve all this? Repre- all this organization represents is a group moving toward the tip of the spear. Do not allow your isolation from the larger group of apostolics make you feel like you're the only one. We're not here to isolate anybody else. We're here to climb up a little bit higher so that we can create a wake for everybody else to get in. It creates an updraft. I. How long have I been preaching? All right. Well, just tell me to stop when it's time. I was Christian Catholic. I was the second of five kids. My parents were split up. I had no access I was small my dad left there was a vacuum there and in the vacuum of my dad in the home my grandmother who was here and my mom came into the church my mom started praying for my dad my dad said nope not going to that church not getting baptized not getting the Holy Ghost I was born a Catholic I'm gonna die a Catholic but my mama was praying And my destiny was on the line. My fate was on the line. Long story short, they came in the church. My dad received the Holy Ghost. A couple of young people witnessed to my dad. My dad didn't respond to anybody else. But a couple of young people went out to that car and said, will you come to church? And he said, when nobody else could get through to me, they got through to me. He said, I found myself saying, I'll come. And he came to church. And when he came to church, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And the rest is history. Young people, just like you, are responsible for me preaching today. I was on the outside looking in. I didn't have access. But somebody opened a portal. I want to tell you something. That if your idea of ministry is preaching behind a pulpit, it is severely limited. There is a panorama... Of perspective about ministry that is so much bigger than standing behind a pulpit that it would shock you if you could really see it if you could get a real understanding today of what ministry really is you would never covet the pulpit the first man of God I encountered was a man by the name of brother David Murphy I thank God for a preacher in South Louisiana. God gave my dad a dream and in the dream his pastor David Murphy was shaking hands with a man he had never seen they were all dressed in suits and that man was giving brother Murphy was giving my dad to this other man he didn't know who this man was he had never seen him before but in the interim my dad received a job offer to come to go to Birmingham Alabama and when he went to Birmingham we had not even moved yet but when he went to Birmingham and he walked in the doors of New Life Church Bishop Barry Sutton was the man from the dream see, see you can't control where you come from you can't control the fact that your grandparents ran a barroom at the end of the lake at Lake Verret, you can't control the fact that your daddy used to fall asleep on those pool tables at night. You can't control the fact that your 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 family's dysfunctional and your world is broken. You can't control that fact, but what you can control is how you respond when the prophetic comes to visit you. You. And then it was it was Bishop Barry Sutton. And, and but before we met Brother Sutton, we went to a little camp meeting. My grandmother took us to a camp meeting. I remember, I don't remember who was preaching, but I just remember leaving that camp meeting and feeling that God was calling me into ministry. And I told my grandmother, I used to tell my grandmother this, I want to be a preacher like Brother Lee Stone King and Brother Billy Cole and Brother Jeff Arnold. Now I didn't know how, how, what that even meant at the time, but I had experienced a moment where I was in service with great men and they were preaching the Word of God and something got on me. I could feel it. And then I met Barry Sutton and something got on me and I could feel it. And then at about 11 or 12 years old, I remember standing in the front, on the front row at the church and this guy named Mark Morgan came to preach for us I didn't know him I didn't have a pedigree I I didn't have the correct last name I didn't know how to to pray my way out of a wet paper sack but I was standing on the front row when Mark Morgan stood behind the pulpit and greeted our church I did not know who he was but all I knew was that the hair stood up on the back of my neck It was in that revival, Brother Wells, that he prophesied that God was going to give us a building on a hill. And it was several years later, at Alabama Revival Conference, that he was in the middle of preaching. And he stopped and he turned around and looked at Brother Sutton and he said, Don't forget the word. God's going to give you a building on a hill. Today... Almost 30 years after that prophecy we're on the top of one of the highest points in the city of Birmingham in a 68,000 square foot building that a prophet came by and said it's going to happen. There would be no Cody Marks, if there was no Mark Morgan. He preached the Avenger sermon that Brother Marks preaches. And it was in that altar call that Brother Mark Morgan went and laid hands on Cody Marks and said, this Avenger is going to follow you everywhere that you go. And I was standing flat-footed in a revival when that little man with that sack on the back walked into a gym and next. Brother Marks was standing there by himself. And the lady looks at him and said, Sir, is it a table for two? He said, No. It's a table for one. And the lady said, well, who is that man that was just standing next to you with the sack on his back? I'm here to tell you that when the prophetic comes by, it matters what you do with it. How does a man like brother wells how does he go from a little podunk town in vincent alabama to becoming the chairman of the youth development council it was a conference called arc if you ask him today maybe you don't have access but i'm going to go ahead and tell you He would tell you that Alabama Revival Conference created moments in his life that brought him to this place in his ministry and calling. It matters what happens in your life. It matters how you respond when the prophetic comes knocking on your door. Brother Greg Godwin at one of those meetings. We stood on the platform at Alabama Revival Conference and he called Brother Sutton to the front and Brother Wilbanks to the front. And then he called, I believe, Brother Jeremy Wilbanks and Brother Zach. Wells and and he called uh, Dawson and me and some others onto the platform and he had us stand in front of our men of God and he took that coat off of Brother Sutton's shoulders and he set it on my shoulders and in that moment I felt so small because I knew how great a man that was and he looked at me and he said Stephen it may not fit now but one day you're going to wake up and you're going to put that coat on and it's going to fit like a custom suit it matters what you do when the prophetic comes by and on and on and on the moments in my life where I heard the voice of God the moments where God told me things I could tell you more about it but suffice it to say That there's always something pulling you up. And there's always something pulling you down. The internal stuff. The insecurity. The struggle. The imposter syndrome. You know this affects preachers, kids. Don't judge a preacher's kid. Before they come to full maturity. Because these men stand in the shadows of great men. And people look at them and assume they're going to be something. Because of their last name. And they stand in the shadow of a great man. Maybe you walk through his closet. Maybe you look. At what holds that mantle up. Maybe you try to figure out. How is it that he can be strong when all hell's breaking loose? And you feel so small standing in his shadow. But it's not the hanger holding that suit up, it's the great man. Follow me as I follow Christ. What is it that allows Brother Jeremy Wilbanks to stand strong? at the funeral of his mama. What is it that allows these men to walk through seeming hell And I know what you're thinking, young person. You're thinking, but I can never be that person. I could never be that man or that woman. I could never have that level of strength. I'm here to tell you the thing holding that mantle up is not the wisdom or the intellect of the man, but it is the great man that he is mediating. It's our Messiah and Lord. It's Christ Jesus that's holding that mantle Musicians come We like to quote Deuteronomy 6 and 4 Hear O Israel The Lord our God is one And it is the cornerstone scripture Singers y'all can come Musicians y'all can come It's the cornerstone scripture of our our doctrine. But every revelation of God from beginning to end is intended to communicate something to us about ourselves. What does it mean that he is one? Well, Jesus prayed, Father, Father, let them be one with me as I am one with you. He prayed for you. That you could be formed. That you could be shapen in his image. Now Adam had it it externally. And Adam had dominion potential. But it wasn't the will of God for that business to stay in the garden. It was the will of God for that to expand around the entire earth. God had put the potential in him. He had it externally. but it would be by time and process and development that what existed here in the physical, shapen in the image of God, the apostle would tell us until Christ be formed in you. What are the great men and women of God mediating to us? Faithful people. Bible study teachers and pastors and preachers and teachers. These men that formed this movement are great men who are mediating to us and for us the great man so that we can continue to ascend and propagate the kingdom of God to the entire earth. But the religious leadership, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the crowds, they came to Jesus to stone him. And he said, for which of my good works do you stone me? He, they said, not for your good works, but that you being a man, make yourself God. He said, okay, I've got a riddle for you. In your writings, it is written that you are God's. And your writings cannot be reversed. I'd like to preach about the oneness of God, but square that for me. You are God's. Whoa, this is peak. Everybody's listening. What are you saying? Well, let me make you feel better about it. The word means judges. But he pointed the finger back at the Pharisees. And he said, if you were what I called you to be, you wouldn't be questioning who I am. He said, in your writings, it is written, ye are God. But guess what? You're going to die like common men. Now you say, well, that obviously means they were not gods because they're going to die like an ordinary man. Yes, but your Bible is dimensional. That's not all it means. It also means that if you do not live up to your God calling... You're going to die like an ordinary man. You're going to spend your entire life searching everywhere to try to find meaning and purpose. And you're going to waste your time and you're going to die like a common man. When you were called... To be a reflection and a refraction of the glory and the power and the dominion and the anointing of God. Don't die like a common man peak when you were created to be judges and kings and princes unto God and above all men. you can begin to play softly Samson what's the source of your strength what's the source of your power we know you're not an ordinary man we know you're not common every every administration of ministry in the earth is a different turn in the, on the prism of God's glory and power we see the omnipotence of God manifest in Samson it's not Samson's power it's God's power But God wants to reveal His glory through your actualized ministry God wants the world to see God when they see you actualizing in the kingdom of God but Samson Samson didn't know what the source of his strength was. He thought it was his hair. And yes, his hair was a connection to the source of his power. But Samson knew the standard. But he didn't know the God of the standard. He wasn't channeling and mediating the heart of God to his world. He became enamored with charisma and gifting and power, and it started going—no uh, pun intended—to his head. And now, what is the source of your power? What is the source of your conviction? What is the source, Dad? How did how did how did you stay married all these years when every indicator was that it wasn't going to work? what's the source of the power well it's this he's playing games it's that and then finally he's so infatuated with Delilah he's willing to compromise the standard but even then he doesn't understand the source of the power And he says, If you cut my hair, then I'll be like any other man. You're not any other. standards and all the rules all the convictions are protecting what's on the inside the flow of God's spirit it doesn't make us superior than anybody it just creates a portal into our world preaching to you today. I don't want to just be a preacher. I don't want to just desire to preach peak. I want some young man in this crowd, some young woman in this crowd. I want you to have access to what made the difference in my life. It's not about the way we dress. It's not about custom suits and nice shoes. That's not what gives you access. It's not the source of our great strength. It's what, it's what protects it. And I'm just telling you prophetically today that our elders, we're going to rescind back beneath the waters of the prophetic. Everything that gave me access, every great man and woman of God. That prayed for me and fasted for me and taught me Sunday school and taught the Bible study. Everybody that played a part is going to rescind back beneath the waters of the prophetic. And some of them already have. But God is not so focused on that as he is looking at a generation that is rising up out of the water to preach and to mediate God to your world. Somebody, let the Holy Ghost speak right now. Come on, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody, somebody, raise your hands, lift up your your voice, and talk to Him. I'm telling you, the prophetic is in this house today. God is calling somebody Out of the shallows Maybe you're hanging out with the sons of the prophets God is calling you out of the familiar And into a place You say I feel like an imposter It's okay You are an imposter But get up today To the ideal Climb up Climb up Come on I need some intercessors in the house of God right now. I need somebody to press into the spirit of what's happening in this place right now. Somebody's leaving here differently than you came. Somebody's leaving here changed by the power of God. Come on, I need some ministers to come and help me pray right now. The spirit of God is in this place. The call of God is in this place. There's destiny. There's anointing. God, connect me to the spirit of great men. Let the spirit of Bishop Wilson. Let the spirit of Johnny Codair. Let the spirit of Floyd Holdham. Let the spirit of Crawford Coon. Hey, let the spirit of Kenny go. This place, let their mantles fall. Oh Seneca. Come on, that's it, first and foremost. A prayer warrior, first and foremost, a worshiper. to the great men, but I'm getting up to the great man. You're not like anybody else. You're not just another man. You're not just another woman. You're gonna judge the angels. stop by your house you're looking for the prophetic to come well baby it's here right now there are mantles falling in this house in the name of jesus
1: journey of life they're on winding roads, mountains and valleys low though the road ahead may be unknown I'm still focused on the prize that's worth pressing for